0: Jesuits are
1: getting really damn old, Luke. Getting really damn old. <laughs> Starting quick timing: five, four, three, two, one. Hit it! Dun, dun, dun. I don't know why I go to smoke on the water it's every it.
0: time. It's because it, it just makes the most sense. Mine it, didn't work. I don't. I don't know why I don't say when you say. Going. Is it working now? Yeah. When you say hit it, I feel like that's more of a Beastie Boys intro. Hit it. You know, like eh,
1: eh. you wake up in your school and you there don't want to go. You ask your mom, please, but she still says no. Mm-hmm. Luke's gonna listen to this album a lot in two thousand and seven. <laughs> oh, Couldn't man. tell you why, but he had it up to eleven.
0: That was stupid. So, I'm sorry. So I hate the fact that I stumbled onto Twitter today.
1: <laughs> can we can we talk about the twitters? Because I've got stuff from uh, 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 last week. Sorry, let's start that over again. I've got stuff from last week. You've got things you wanted to ask me about. And then you stumbled into a bunch of shit. Yeah, it was hilarious. It was hilarious. It was all about
0: it was all about the marital debt which is a real thing this is a thing that people don't understand marital debt is a real teaching that goes to 1st corinthians chapter 7 i don't think people i think people understand that oh oh, oh, oh. that it, it when you first hear the marital debt though it sounds repugnant right like the wife, if the husband asks for sex, okay, the okay, wife has to let's, give it.
1: Let's explain, let's explain to the people who I brought into the podcast who don't know oh, what nope. it is. Nope, is. I'm thinking of my family, um, <laughs> nope. mostly. So nope, they explain, to <laughs> explain to Emily
0: what the marital debt is. Okay, the marital debt goes to a phrase in First Corinthians chapter 7 in the Dewey Rames translation where he essentially says that the husband owes a debt to his wife, the wife owes a debt to the husband about sexual intercourse because marriage conceived specifically in first Corinthians chapter seven is a remedy for concupiscence or our disordered desires. Right? So the idea is, The desire to procreate, to have kids, and just to have sex is so powerful that God created a licit form of that called marriage. So if you're going to burn, it's better for you to get married. Married. That's what St. Paul says. So there's a lot of background and sleuthing you could do about that verse. But the whole idea developed quite early on in the age of the church based off of 1 Corinthians 7 that the husband's wife husband's body is not his own, it belongs to her. Her body is not her own, it belongs to him. In this mutual exchange of fluids. Of fluids. Of 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 slick bodily fluids. And so <laughs> and so uh and We're
1: on a roll. We, two
0: minutes in. Two minutes in and two white claws in, am I right? Two I'm minutes tough.
1: in and thirty seconds longer than our usual. Uh,
0: yeah. And so uh whoopsies. Um so anywho The idea is that a spouse, be it husband or wife, ought not to refuse the other spouse when they desire to have sex. Why? Because it's a remedy for concupiscence. And the idea is if someone biologically is getting all hot and bothered and they ask their spouse for sex... Within reason, your spouse should say yes. And one of the things that I've discovered while being a fake marriage counselor, because I'm not a marriage counselor at all, but people come to me with their married problems, is I find that the first thing that goes in a relationship, first is there's trust, and that kind of gets whittled away, and then sex. So often for many people, sex is a way to either A, build trust, or B, after building trust, build something that... You know, that build up the rest of the relationship. That sex is a marital expression. On Twitter, however, people were saying if the wife doesn't put out whatever the husband asks, she's in mortal sin. Immediately. Oh my God! Immediately. Oh,
1: thanks a lot, Taylor Marshall.
0: Yeah, Timothy Gordon, actually, the other T.
1: Oh, thanks a lot, Tim- Timothy Gordon. Yeah. Do we even want to wade into those waters? Well,
0: so I accidentally did in a comment from Katie. I was like, well, you know, like I've researched this stuff. You know, so and I, okay, so do you remember um a woman named
1: Oh yes, I believe so. I believe I annoyed her for a bit, but then she finally came around and we found a mutual understanding of each other.
0: Yeah, which is which is AMGG stories with most women. Um Seriously, I really didn't like you. <laughs> yeah, until I got to know you. Thank you, Austria. Um, <laughs> yes, yeah, Seriously. But, but then I had to spend two minutes with you. And I was like, oh, you're fine. <laughs> then I was forced to be in a foreign country with you, and I thought, this is doable. Okay. Now, she had written asking some questions about this a month ago to the other podcast. and it Oh, star- what the hell? I know, right? And it started me off on this whole thing of reading, number
1: one, the Suma, and a bunch of other articles. And so I came to it, you and know, I was like um, – Now it's it, like, in my head that the reason why she wrote to your other podcast is because she doesn't like me. Oh, poor broken Luke. Uh, I mean, it's probably true. <laughs> so
0: she uh, <laughs> no, she told me in the email that she hates you. Um, just kidding. Just kidding. But so anywho, so that's why I was like, I see this tweet from Katie and uh, Katie Prejean, and I was like, well, I have to say something. And so I say something. She's like, no, I don't. It's a trap. I don't want to get into it. I'm like, but it is a teaching of the church. We can't just ignore this 2,000 years of teaching because it sounds like it's saying a husband gets to go to town on his wife and it doesn't matter what she feels. I-
1: I'm gonna play a little bit of um devil, a little bit of devil advocate here because I saw what Katie was saying because I um follow her and I and um I follow you and I only care to, like Twitter's weird because um I I just like it's the algorithms are just weird it's yes. weird what you see and what you don't see. yes and so. Um, I didn't see any – I just saw her commenting on it and then like you – and then you telling her and I was like I think – like you both were saying saying the exact same thing. But I think she was coming at it from a little bit of like a different angle of trying to speak to those – to like the Timothy Gordon wacko nut jobs of the world. And like you were trying to say – and feel free to say you know that I'm wrong. You're right but you can't throw away – like we can't. But you have to confront this as being like a fact as well,
0: right? Right. So the the funny thing was the way the algorithm served it up to me was just a funny tweet from Katie with the whole "it's a trap." She's like, "I'm not going to weigh into this because it's a trap." And then so she was, gets a lot of shit. I and mean, she just she gets, she gets a tons. Lot, of shit. Oh yeah, way, and way more than I most men. Do. Yeah, and I don't because I'm rare. Like when I come on there, I come in, I virtue signal, and then I fight fade away.
1: Right. I make I, some I, I, actually. I'm like really quick. I do want to bring this up. So about uh, three weeks ago, I uh, had a tweet that said it's crazy the amount of like, and I, and I did try to like, I did try to, like preface it by saying, listen, I'm more of a Catholic blabber than a than a, a Catholic speaker, but I have noticed it on Twitter um catholic women speakers get way more crap than the guys do cuz if you think of the amount of shit that we've heard from people like Arlene Spence or I mean stuff that's been said to them that they have told us about that like are the, uh, that Arlene and like uh, uh and Katie McGrady has heard it's insane Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's just like it's so astronomically higher than ours. So anyways, I just wanted to bring that up. Continue. Yeah. No. So
0: I just got that one tweet. So I responded. Well, like it is a teaching like we can't. So this is one of the things that intrinsically frustrates me about the post JP 2 theology of the body. Because so many people don't have, I don't even want to say it's a Thomistic, an Augustinian understanding, which, you know, Pope Benedict was very Augustinian. Because we don't have a, a thorough training, we get the catechism and then we get JP2's immersion into theology of the body. That, I mean, he'll take certain things that, unless you're aware of the prehistory, I think in a lot of ways he assumes it and then builds upon it. And we only get the builds upon it in kind of like the modern soup that we live in. And so we, like, when, when often young Catholics are exposed to the wider tradition, we, like, revolt against it. Like, for someone hearing, if a wife refuses sex to her husband, she's in mortal sin. Like, if I were to say that to any modern woman, they'd be like, well, then, who gives a shit? Like, this this is ridiculous. This is literally the dumbest thing I've ever heard. So, my hope was to, like ease people into that teaching without it sounding
1: like ridiculous because i, think, you know, I, I don't are you like um just because you brought up her, her name earlier like are you saying like you were having this conversation with Katie or with other people no, about no, your no, conversation no, the that conversation that started with her
0: good call the conversation was raging this is like fallout from Matt Fred's interview with Tim Gordon that went on YouTube with the Matt Fred show
1: yeah do we and- touch that or are we just going to kind of be like yeah yeah, that was awful. Um,
0: actually, I thought Matt did a good job, like constantly pushing back. But whatever. When you have I someone like
1: I, I haven't heard it, so I, I don't know. I, I just feel my heart breaks for him because he's my friend. Yeah, all I'm
0: saying. Glenn, he said, just imagine how Luke would struggle if the entire Catholic right wing of the church immediately attacked him all at once. He said, that's what it feels like.
1: <laughs> oh God, I got okay. okay. Oh, yeah. I, I did get a text from him but i was busy that uh, i felt bad i wouldn't it was
0: not i i I got that text when i was driving to work and i pulled over or i uh, pulled into my office and immediately called him and stuff but we talked about it but i thought he did a great job he like constantly kept pushing back and then just kind of started to move on but timothy gore so basically this twitter debate was raging and the algorithm just served me katie's thing and then so when we were talking what i was trying to do i was in reality i was agreeing with her but um Because of the Timothy Gordon episode of the Matt Fradd show on YouTube, I had started reading Cassie Canubii, which is uh, the first condemnation of the modern uh, embrace of contraception from uh, the Protestant world in the 1930s and then the Pope wrote Cassie Canubii. And then um, I read Rerum Novarum because of me and you and the whole wage thing. Right, and I found oh my gosh, it's so funny. I think Rare Navarum says it so much better than the Catechism. Anywho, um, that tells me how wrong I am. Um, Talked about that last last week. Oh, that's right, that's right. So anywho, so I had this fresh on my mind, so I was like, oh, let me find that quote. And so because her whole thing was, you don't just get to like it's okay for who's, someone who's to who's say, her? Uh, Katie, it's okay for people to say like I don't want to have sex right now, and for your spouse to respect that. And so I was bringing up um, in Cassidy Canubii, it says, um, basically he talks about the mutual molding of husband and wife um, is meant to be more than just, not looked upon in the restricted sense sense as instituted for the proper conception education of the child, but more widely as a blending of life as a whole and the mutual interchange and sharing thereof. That sounds like a very JP2 type quote. And then he says, by the same love, it is necessary that all other rights and duties of the marriage state be regulated as the words of the apostle. Let the husband render the debt to the wife and the wife also in like manner to the husband. Express not only a law of justice, but of charity. So what I was trying to do was, I, I pasted this thing and she was like, are you disagreeing i don 't understand what you're doing and I was like, mm, no, no, well first he 's saying it 's not about just justice, like I have a debt that you need to pay or uh you have a debt that you owe me because I want sex right now he 's also saying it 's a part of charity, and it 's not just about making babies, and that 's the reason for coitus." He's saying it's about the mutual molding of husband and wife. It's about what he calls this beautiful, the conjugal faith and conjugal love. Um, and he goes right back to Augustine. This is paragraph 23, 24, 25. And so I thought it was so beautiful in Cassie Canubi. And I was trying to relate that to her. And I was bumbling all over the place. So then I went and got a quote from Thomas Aquinas from the Summa that said, um, Is a husband obliged? Basically, is a husband obliged to have sex with his wife, even if she doesn't explicitly ask for it? And Thomas says, like, even if she doesn't do it explicitly, implicitly, through certain exterior signs and suggestions, the husband ought to be attentive enough to pay the marital debt. And and she was like, what are you saying? And I was like, Thomas Aquinas is talking about having that when the, when the woman's got her swagger on. <laughs> the man should be attentive be like, oh, damn, she's looking at me with those hungry eyes.
1: But I, what I think mean? what she was... I, I guess I'm having a hard time, like, like, what are you getting at, though? So, okay, like, because... You're saying that you agree with her but then you're saying like you are I'm um, bringing up this all this stuff and then like she's confused but then you keep saying more like I, I guess I'm just kind of like what, what's like what's I mean I get your point of what like like why No because we were just if going back forth the ch- like, there's a bring much it up, wider
0: though. conversation that got filtered in into the conversation and it was funny because like I would add a a response to her tweet And then she had already responded to her tweet, but I didn't see it because of the algorithm. So they were like stacked on top of each other, and I was like, I was like laughing and joking about it. And she sent me a text. She's like, "Are we cool?" And I was like, "What do you mean, are we cool? Of course we are. I'm agreeing with you. I'm using papal teaching to agree with you." (laughs) Oh, I'm because I was confused
1: because. I, okay, I mean, I thought in a, in you a, were trying to like because show I feel her, like, certain like I agree, we, but there's this, and I wasn't this saying that she was doing this, I,
0: but I saw it in the in the thousands of comments that started coming, and I read a little bit, not on our stream, but on the wider thing. I read a little bit of it, and I was like, oh god! But literally, someone was saying, if the wife ever refuses, it's mortal sin, and so I'm like, no, it's it's not just about you get a demand anytime. time, and that, that was Katie's thing. Like, it's not a mortal sin because I say I'm sorry, but not now. And so I was going into that, but I wanted to keep it understood that it is still a teaching that you can't just dismiss the whole thing because of my pastoral experience, Vatican III, um, when I work with couples – Sex is an indicator of something huge going on in their in their marriage, so I, I found that there, there were some of these other comments that were like marital debt is stupid. How dare you even think of that but it 's like i 'm sorry, this is one hundred percent biblical teaching, and this is one hundred percent the teaching of the church. The problem is these idiots on here are just saying everything 's a mortal sin, and the wife has to have sex immediately. And I was like, that's what I was trying to say. Like, no, it's stupid. Look at Cassidy Canubi. This is well before Vatican II. This isn't the modernist ruin of the church. And he's saying, like, guys, this is not rational.
1: Right? So that's what I was doing. Can I tell you about my experience with the Twitter webs? Let's just, let's just burn all the fucking bridges.
0: Well, the funniest thing was I was scrolling down just now, and you said, I was having the worst day. Then I saw this. Blue skies and sunshine from here on out. Dr. Taylor Marshall, you are blocked. So he blocked your account, and then you replied. Yep, what did I do? You went on our Catching Foxes account. which On I w- whose? Your Catching Foxes account. No, no, no,
1: no, no. You said ours. I wanted to emphasize that. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> and you said, We're- oh, man, I lost it. You said something like, jokes on you, douchebag. I have two accounts. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, and then he insulted it a Balthazar, and I got real angry. Who and did? I, uh, he did when all the so this actually isn't a, the Twitter thing that I wanted to, uh, to talk to you about because I want to bring that up because it actually is, it ties into a much um deeper and more important con con conversation. But after that, i um, one Jesuit dumbass had to think about there is no there is no devil. Uh, Taylor Marshall had a thing where it's like this is because of Balthazar. Or something like that, or like this proves like Balthasar's an idiot. <laughs> and then, and then I responded with, uh, "Don't you talk about old ballsy?" No, I am sorry. I said, "Leave old ballsy alone." In all caps, and I had a GIF of the guy crying, "Leave Brittany alone." <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, that makes me happy. So, I, I want to get your opinion on this. Okay. So you're cool with Katie McGr- with like uh, uh, Katie? It's all fine. <laughs> oh, no one's mad at me. no one's uh, no one is uh, mad at each other. Yeah, no one's mad. Good. Okay, so I made parts and bridges. Um, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but there's this thing going on on Twitter since early August, and it's very, very cool. It's called Break the Chains. The idea of it is people praying for people to be uh, to break the chains of pornography. Love it. I think it's great. And I include on masturbation and all the other stuff that um that goes along with that. I think it's great. Where is this? Where,
0: where, oh, the Break the Chains. That's the hashtag.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now. Okay. I when oh, I f- so when I first saw it I was like, okay, it's cool. And it, it kind of had this tone of like um no one's talking about this and I was like are you joking? But, you know, fine. Uh, like whatever, I don't care. These are all tweets that just come up on my timeline. I'm I'm not following any of these people. I'm not asking to see about, you know. It's all just I'm up there. And it's kind of annoying me. Because I'm just like, again, there's just, but I love the intentions, and I really, I'm love what they're doing. So I'm like, have at it, like kids. Good for you. This is great. Have at it. And, but it keeps coming up, and again, it has this tone of like, no one's doing this, and I'm like, people have been doing this for <laughs> decades. Um, but again, good for you. Keep up the good work. Um. What bothers me about this stuff at times, and I will come back to this, is it tends to reduce pornography to a thing that can be cured by prayer. And I am not trying to say that prayer cannot cure porn, but then it like negates the point of repentance. I think, which is the real issue with porn is how people actually repent of their of their uh, of their porn use. Uh, they don't actually oh, repent; they just try to be like, you know, I'm Jesus. I'm gonna make it all better. I don't want to try though. Anywho. Um, so then they have this thing that again, I see out of nowhere, I'm trying to go and I'm, I'm going to I'm get my car fixed. Cause I had to pay them $900, uh, to, you know, have the timing belt replaced, patreoncom slash CF, patron.com slash, slash, um, CF. And I see, should we make break the chain t-shirts? And I think, holy crap, folks, you've been doing this for two weeks now and you want to make. You t-shirts. hate that. If there's anything
0: that'll piss <laughs> Luke off more, it's I did an internet thing yesterday. It's kind of successful.
1: I need to, to become a whole brand, and nothing pisses Luke off more than that. But it it kind of taps into my little old punk rock roots of the whole "God is not an American" thing, where it's like, don't commercialize this, man. You know that that right. whole kind of thing. Yeah, that's and I yeah, and you're right. I, I immediately was just like, and here we go. And so I so I did like a retweet. And a quote where I said, no, comma, stop commercializing prayer. And then people got all upset. The guy who's in, I'm going to charge of the whole thing. I, I am. I'm not going to say his name because he probably I would like it too much. Uh, was just like – he like gave gave a rebuttal and stopped responding. But he liked everything else like everyone I'm what talked you, about. What and do you it,
0: mean stop, resp- oh, stop responding to the wider conversation that was happening?
1: Yeah, like because I, I, I had this whole thread where I was like, listen, here are my thoughts about this. Let me just – let me tell you where I'm, where I'm, why I think, as a person who ha- has been working for the Catholic Church in some type of um, capacity, you know, for the past almost like 15 years now, why I think this is a bad idea. Bam, 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 bam. And my big thing uh, with that was they were trying to say this is a way to evangelize others, and it'll start, it'll start um, conversations, which, and that's what I, and that's the two things that I really want uh, to get out here is, uh, is one, t-shirts are not an evan- and it is a profound problem that people think we can just e- e- evangelize others through conversation s- starters. And two, pornography and and uh, healing from it takes a crap ton of work, and to reduce it to this fad prayer thing that we then put on, you know, they now have a daily podcast for for this, and it's been three and a half weeks. <laughs> And I'm just like fucking shit at people. Like, I love what you're doing. I like I like pray for this is amazing that you want to pray for people, but oh my gosh. Like, this is not how this works. Like, this is not how this works. And I feel like it it just drives me crazy. Yep. It sure does. And I
0: love it. Am I wrong? Well, I don't know if you're uh, – you see, Luke, I think you would benefit greatly from the 24-hour waiting period for your tweets.
1: <laughs> like, no, because like, I still feel, an an I feel
0: the same about this. I feel the same about this. Tomorrow morning might be different about the urgency of pushing send. You need an app that you immediately anger tweet, and then it gives you – after you tweet the amazing no, response – is- been a week, and I still feel the same. Oh, it's been a week. Okay, never mind. Luke, you know what? I'm not going to squeeze onto you. If you're really <laughs> mine, I'm going to open my hands and let you fly away. If you come back to me, you're, you're, you're mine.
1: <laughs> okay. I'm not going to tell you honest. how to live your life. <laughs> I got so annoyed that I, after a while, I was like, I just shut down all of our social media accounts and all, because I was like, I, just, I need to get away from this. This is not like of oh, the Lord. I, I'm just stopping this right right now. But here's my thing. One – E, t-shirts as e, as evangelization is the most juvenile, stupid, shallow thing in the world. That is inherently disrespectful of the dignity of the of of the human person, and a slap in the face to Catholic the um, teaching of what evangelization actually is. Yeah, like did you say yes, as in you yeah, agree, I agree, or you hear what I I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Why? I agree. Like I, I want to kind of like. Why do you I'm, – I'm not trying to, like, pat myself on the back, but I, I, I want to hear um, your thoughts. Like, okay. why do you agree? Okay.
0: So I will say this. There are certain contexts where wearing a certain T-shirt to start a conversation can be good, right? Like, you know, you have the Blessed Virgin Mary on your shirt. You can start conversations neat. But evangelization that is successful 99 trillion times <laughs> – is because of relationships where you're investing in the other as other, not where you're like uh, the the trying to provoke someone into a response. Oh, hey, what does break the chain mean? Are you against human sex trafficking? Sort of. I want to help people break free of pornography by praying the rosary. Like. There's an element – this is why I hate that type of evangelization techniques where you tell people like this is how you manipulate every conversation to insert Jesus and in salvation is I don't think that's that's honest. And there's a level of like – like if they were to wear shirts that say pornography is destroying America, hashtag break the chain or something that is a lot more prevalent, I think that there can be an avenue there. But um, And I go back to the March – or not the March for Life. The 40 Days for Life, where they started with this pilgrimage walk or whatever through San Francisco, and they all wore huge pro-life mottos on their T-shirts, but they were trained people who had information, ready to pass out, you know, like, conversation. I don't know. To me, it's just, like, it's a way for people to say we're starting a conversation,
1: but it's really to make money. Or I think it's just a way for people to say, I want to talk to you, hey, um, allow me to talk. It's like they don't want to hear the other person's story. Yeah. For one. They 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 want to be heard. It's more about being heard. And evangelization is not just proclamation. And if you look at Evangelion, um evangelization in the modern world by Pope Saint Paul the like he like Gives you an outline for what for what e, what evan for what evangelization is, and he says there it's a rather complex process. Like there, this thing has a lot of weight to it, and it has a lot of um, a, a, a a lot of dimensions. And I th- and when you read that, it's why the t-shirt stuff just seems so stupid, because it's not really evangelization. It's, um.
0: The T-shirt I, isn't evangelization, but they're saying it's a gateway to
1: evangelization. But I don't think it actually is, though, because you're you're trying to, um, you're trying to get permission to proclaim to them the gospel. Okay, which is what you were going for. Now that, that is an aspect of of evangelization, but it's not evangelization itself. And you're coming at it from a standpoint of you haven't been invited to talk. You're you're trying to um, you're trying to manipulate your way in there. And I I I just think it's very dehumanizing. Okay. And it's why it ultimately doesn't have any sort of appeal because it's not like where's the renewal of like humanity? Where's the entrance into community where are the acceptance of on um, the signs where's inner adherence where's all these right, other this parts? is
0: all, i mean it's not like you can have all of those at once N- yeah that's right but like but but that's my problem it's a hit it and quit it thing well it could be or it could be the beginning of a
1: conversation that leads to community but it's not to... going to be because you're not you don't really care about that person you just care about being heard can i tell you a story a short story i promise yes
0: okay maybe uh in soviet russia a uh, guy was like the judo world champion and then he was recruited by the soviets to beat the hell out of people for As the, you do. So for the soviets after he after the olympics and, going to crush you. Yes, and so, so via the Russia. No, so he goes and they storm into this room, and the room is where the Orthodox are celebrating the Divine Liturgy. And he just beats the shit out of everyone there. Right, puts them all in traction. They don't arrest anyone. They don't target They're just roughing them up. And every week they go and they rough them up. And she's this woman, and she's young, gorgeous, twenty-two, something like that. And he beats the hell out of her. Right, I mean, like just punches her face repeatedly. All this horrible stuff. He goes the following week or two weeks later, they raid. A place, and he sees her again with bandages all over her face, and she's at mass, right? She's at the divine liturgy, and he is like, "What the hell?" I didn't, you know. So he takes, they take a handful of these people, they take them back to their headquarters, and he st- sadistically tortures this girl from the heels of her feet all the way up to the back of her neck. Throws her back out on the streets, finds her again at at, at another mass, like a month later, and she's just. Her body is a wreck. He's destroyed this gorgeous, young, vibrant young woman. Um, and as he, as they're beating people up and, you know, dispersing the mass, uh, he finds a Bible and he rips out one page. Okay. Now it's a little bit different, but so then he goes back to his barracks or whatever, and he gets changed and he goes to his apartment and he reads this page and it's from the gospel of Luke and fittingly for you. And he reads it over and over front and back over and over and over and over again And then he goes and he searches the streets and he finds this girl and he's like, Why am I hurting you? I've never read anything more beautiful in my life. Why are you the enemy of Mother Russia? So then he finds out about Orthodoxy, finds out about Christ, becomes a convert, and then is executed by the Soviets. Right. Now, I'm not saying these are entirely the same things, but the analog is there was one weird, bizarre entryway, which was a single piece of paper, right? That brought that started then. Uh, you know, obviously it's the sacred word of God, not a hashtag on a T-shirt. But it started a it started a conversation. It started him seeking out. It started these things. There have been people who have been evangelized by a brochure, a flyer, you know, a tract. I know people that have had conversions because that's where it started, but not that's where it ends. I think the whole T-shirt thing is stupid because, honestly, are you really going to have conversations? Because people have goofy shit on their shirts all the time, and I just ignore it.
1: Well, then there's that. <laughs> I mean, I don't but think it's going to start a conversation. But, but like, here's the thing, though. It's that like he doesn't get the piece of paper until like two thirds of the way into into the uh, story. It's her. It's her witness that then like intrigues the person. To, now, it's like it would be if if the whole point is to like this is a thing that I'm about. I'm proud of, and I really want people to um know. And it's about the people in my life, so like they understand that I'm a part of. this. like that. I get. I get that because they know you. They know your witness. But if the whole point of like that in itself is what evangelization is, is wearing t-shirts like that so people can know, and then you can then I'm talking like that's a that's a totally different thing than like than that story because that involves there's this whole encounter, this whole backstory he has with this with this person, and I think that's that's the power of um witness that Pope Paul the is trying is trying to get out there.
0: Well, you know what they say, Luke. You owe me the marital debt. And, <laughs> and some new guy just like, jumped but, into the conversation and he's like, no, you owe the marital day. And Katie starts fighting again. And
1: I'm like, oh, oh poor dear God. Katie. Poor Katie. But no, this is like th- th- this is why I wanted to bring this up is okay. um, event. Like, listen, you are um, right that that evangelization takes relationship. But it's more than that. It's not just trying to get a person to change their mind. Right. It's about the complete change of the person a complete utter and total cha- and utter and total change not just changing their mind to like oh christ i'm okay with porn being bad now rock on high five i evangelized that's not what it is it's which is kind of one of the other big things like issue that i like i, I really i think would just would just um who bothers me is everyone's amazed at the novelty of it and i'm just like this is nothing new but whatever like <laughs> yeah, keep at it
0: around cornerstone festival for years they do all of this stuff <laughs> yeah
1: this has been happening you know i mean since before we were born you know like this is i mean this is nothing new it's just like repackaged whoops are you there
0: <laughs> someone uh, must have been so animated you unplugged your usb thing
1: hold on a second it's been one week since you looked at me are you there yeah there we go okay and then a bunch of people got all pissed off at me because they were like what if you sell shirts for your podcast which i'm like we're going to soon and um like it's the same thing and i was like well that was not
0: but it's vastly different yeah so you're not trying to evangelize with our podcast hell no you're trying to market (laughs) for our podcast hell yes
1: and you're trying to make money (laughs) hell yes no, like no, I I want it to be cool. I want it to be an ex I want it to be an extension of us. I want it to be fun. But it's absolutely like, hey, here's a cool thing to buy so I can, you know, have stuff. Yeah. My stuff. I mean pay off debt, have cool things. Like and and, and really I want people to enjoy like what we are doing and be able to say, like, I like this thing. It's cool. And I, I hope that they look good. But it's like it's different. It's completely different. This is a two. In it. This is I, I guess like here's where I'm like, am I just a huge asshole? Because I love what they're doing. What what concerns me, and I see this all the time with a lot of young adults that I talk to who are involved. Not so much ever since I'm not as involved with it with this stuff anymore. But when I was doing young adult stuff, I mean, almost at least once a month, I would talk to a person who had something, some idea, that maybe had a bit of had like a bit of traction, and they wanted to go national. Um, I'm with it. I mean, it happened all the time. And we talked
0: about that before. I
1: agree. I agree. I think that's correct. And the only one that was ever any good out of all those things, out out of two years of that, was that Catholic woman. That I was like, this is great. Please keep doing this. Uh, This is very important. You're so woke. Uh, You're so woke. (laughs) No, because it was a good idea. and it's really cool. um, No one's doing it. And like this thing, I was like, instead of trying to find how, like, what are specific things that uh, we can pray for, who are specific people that uh, we can pray for, it, how, you know, it, how can we make our prayer more powerful, more, more specific, more concrete? It then goes to, we have a podcast, we have a shirt, you know, I'm just like, ah, yeah. oh, this is not about the Lord. This is about you now. Yeah. Start like with the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> And so here's the other thing that kind of I kinda wanted to hit on as well. I would like to talk about uh, that thing that uh, we had a person um, we had a thing uh that about like a um, lust that was um sent to us that I thought was really, really powerful. Oh, yeah, turning from pornography involves repentance, yeah, which is a turning away from trying to change one's trying to change one's life quite often. As Catholics, we equate that to abstaining from a thing. I'm not going to look at porn. I'm going to limit my phone use. I'm going to do this. I'm going to go do that. And that's one little thing. Covenant eyes is really important and it's good, but covenant eyes is great if you're already in counseling. If you're like in if you're like in sex therapy, if you're in going to SA, if you're going to, you know, SAA, if you're you're actually trying to find cunt. Is there a difference between SA and SAA? So S.A. is sexaholics, anonymous, and S.A.A. is sex addicts, anonymous. There is a bit of a difference from what I can tell. It kind of like varies, but as a whole, S.A. takes more of the traditional Christian approach. Gotcha. To, you know, to it all where it's more like uh, it's only good in the confines of um, the marriage. They might have loose definitions on like what, you know, is marriage. But then, SS, then S.A.A. is, is kind of more open. Gotcha. It's what they would – like however you view unhealthy um, – un- 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 like sex as. And my problem with a lot of stuff like Break the Chain is it wants to have all of the flash but not any of the dirt. And the dirt being the hard, vulnerable – and this is one of the things that, that I brought up to them that they completely ignored but that's fine. Um, <laughs> is it, is it? No, 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 really. It is. Cause like, th- like they're all young, so they don't get it. Like they yeah. haven't lived enough yet. And that's like, right. and, and I, I, I like, I kind of wish I, I'm taking an approach of like, guys, I love the enthusiasm as a person who's been through, you know, who has a little bit, a little more life than all of you. Let me just kind of like, this could be so much better than what you are going for. Yeah. Um, real, real, like it takes courage, and it takes you know, like, it takes like, really vulnerability. It takes a lot of profound like brokenness, and trying to walk with others. Actually, trying to allow others to walk with you, which um, t-shirts they can't do that. They, they they can't, which is why they feel shallow because it, it it's it's it, it is a shallow response to a profoundly deep issue. This one thing that was brought to our uh, attention highlights it. Um, do you have that up? Okay, here's the here's the quote. Lust is
0: not sex, and it is not physical. It seems to be a screen of self-indulgent fantasy separating me from reality, either the reality of my own person in sex with myself or the reality of my spouse. It works the same way whether with a girlfriend, a prostitute, or my wife. It thus negates identity, either mine or the other person's, and is anti-real, working against my own reality, working against me. I can't have true union with my, w- uh, with my wife, while lust is active because she is a person really as a person really doesn't matter. She's even in the way she's merely the sexual instrument. And I can't have true union within myself while I'm splitting myself, having sex with myself, that fantasy partner I've conjured up in my mind is really part of me with lust. The sex act is not the result of personal union. Sex doesn't flow from that union. Sex energized by lust makes true union impossible. The nature of the lust-noise interference I superimpose over sex can be many things. Memories, fantasies ranging from the erotic to revenge or even violence. Or it can be the mental image of a single fetish or of some other person. Seen in this light, lust can exist apart from sex, Indeed, there are those who say they are obsessed with lust who can no longer have sex. I see my lust as a force that apparently infuses and distorts my other instincts as well. Eating, drinking, working, anger. I know I have a lust to resent. It seems as strong as sexual lust ever was. In my experience, lust is not physical. It is not even strong sexual desire. It seems to be a spiritual force That distorts my instincts. And whenever let loose in one area, seems to want to infect other areas as well. And being non-sexual, lust crosses all lines, including gender. When energized by lust, my sexual fantasies or acting out can go in any direction, shaped by whatever I experience. Thus, the more I indulge in sexual lust, the less truly sexual
1: I become. So, how often when we talk about a lust or pornography addiction specifically, does it have this tone that the goal is to have like well ordered lust, like lust towards my like in like a good you know like we view it as like I want to I think because like how we because we put it in, in the sense of well ordered desires, but it's this idea of like. Uh, I just have to reconno- i have to like i have to take the lust I have and I have to somehow you know change it so it 's this good so it 's this good thing that can then bring about like union with my spouse okay as opposed to what I think that is really trying to get at, which is that that like lust is a, is a lie it yeah. is not reality. And that's a thing that you hear a lot uh within a, like a lot of essay groups or you know, um other stuff almost um, like that, that it's about dwelling in reality. And that really when we talk about like what we view as like um, as we as what we view as like a lust and what and what we view as pornography, it is this fake thing that really like pulls me away from real life. Yeah. You know, and so it's not just as in like sex, but like life, your actual own life itself. It pulls you away from that and it takes you out of that. Yeah. Yeah. And it dwarfs it and becomes this really fucked up thing. Yeah. And telling people to just pray it away when this is so common and so uh, entrenched in the way we are raised as kids is a disservice to people, I think. Yeah. And to not be willing to understand how deep and how hard it is to come out of this stuff, because it takes a hell of a lot of work and a hell of a lot of vulnerability. It is absolutely possible. And God, I think God um, wants us to go through that stuff, but it is not easy I mean, you're basically like – like. Um, sorry, uh, I, I've been blabbing a lot about this because it's been on my mind for a while. Yeah, no, I, I think that
0: as Catholics, we tend to go between the pendulum of, oh, my goodness, the saints are so perfect. I'm lost in porn or whatever it might be. I can never be like that, therefore despair. But then there's this other thing where this tendency of if I just – it's like the techne, right? Like if I just pull these levers – then I'll be fine, and the spiritual stuff will just work itself out. And I think that both of those are almost adolescent rejections of taking responsibility and doing the hard work of uprooting. It's not just uprooting the fact that my eyes look at every girl's ass if they're in yoga pants. It's a deeper, even pre-physical, I mean, if you look at that document, it's a pre-physical disorder, noise, interference, falsehood that's layered upon myself, that just governing my eyes, while that might be part of the battle, is not the whole thing. And I think sometimes we make it, you know, here's five steps to doing this, whereas the consistent effort of both diving deeper into my life decisions, past sins, regrets, graces, whatever... And also evaluating within community, like, I'm, it's not just like, oh, I feel like I want to ejaculate today to an image of a woman I don't know, but I see her on a screen. That's not just lust. It's, uh, like, it's why you're, or like, part of the accountability is also like, I'm angry today and I don't know why, right? And you don't realize that that too can be a manifestation of lust and frustration and your, like it said, your work and anger. And I found that like a lot of people who go through these twelve-step type programs can identify their emotional state and how it affects their mindset very like like pros because they've been journeying with people who are like, Why are you doing this? And they know how to ask you those questions so that it's it, it gets you to see the wider. Kind of like the wider horizon of lust. You just want to say it's this one little thing, and then you realize it becomes this great big shadow that casts over
1: other areas of our life. I don't know which page this is on, but for everyone who um, wants to know, this is in the white book. So it's in the essay um, white book. Alcoholics Anonymous has a white book. This is the white book for Sexaholics Anonymous. It comes it comes out of that and when i first heard people talk about this they you know they would describe it as it's not an addiction to, to like it's not an addiction to sex that is killing them it's an addiction to lust that in their case is that is like is actually like manifesting itself in in um bad acts yeah in sex acts and you know and, and and that could be a variety of a a variety of stuff and that really hit me like and, and then in here, where they or, where they talk about um, it's a spiritual uh, force that distorts my instincts. It's being lust. How, like how often does like I mean, really like? And I, so I I can't help but equate this. Not equate it, but um, there's a priest in our in our archdiocese, Father Jeff Drew, who has nine charges of child of child rape. Um, he is looking at life in jail if convicted on all charges and i know this priest he is an acquaintance if i you know i'm not like i'm good friends with him but if if i were to pass him in the in these in the grocery store we'd stop and talk for like two minutes or so i know a lot of people who are very good friends with him and it's been awful and like i think you know back like how could someone do this how could you know and it's it especially judging by the prosecutor's reaction to it it seems like it's more than likely true uh we'll see how it plays out in court, but um a couple of months ago i you know heard a presentation on all this stuff where they were talking and it was it was i believe a psychologist was talking about how a how like a lot of abuse towards kids in this way actually isn't an act of like lust but it's an act of power
0: yeah, I've heard that too, yeah,
1: and you know they, they talked about in the book how it like doesn't pay attention it doesn't pay attention to age or like gender it kind of like hit me about um like uh, uh, with this like is this a, about a lust for power? To be in control—is this a lust? You know, this is a lust to dominate that uh, control? Um, Father Jeff, I have no idea. I am, I am. I'm not a psychologist. He hasn't been. I'm convicted, so this is just. This is just. I'm where my head's at. My point is, though, is that if we don't get to this, because if you like, if you really look at lust, it is everywhere. It is used to sell us, you know. Burgers and pop and cars and movies and clothes and all this stuff it's everywhere and it is it is you know so our there is all this stuff that is you know if you hold if you know you think that that stuff in that book is true, there's all these things out there that you know possibly through even no in tension are trying to rob us of our self identity of who and what we are, yeah. And this is really deep, deep stuff. That I think this is where the Lord is calling us to find healing. Why does this stuff keep happening over and over and over again? A lot of old, a lot of older boomers want to blame it on this on the sexual revolution, and there's probably some weight to that. But you, like, it, it doesn't feel like it's enough. And when I and when I really start to view on the lust in that and like that sense, it starts to make more sense.
0: Yeah.
1: My point is everyone. It needs to get their ass to essay pretty much is what I'm saying here. <laughs> like if you're addicted to pornography, if you can't stop, I'm begging you, go to counseling, go to an essay meeting. I've seen it change lives. It's pretty incredible. And I, that's the kind of healing that we are called to find right now because that's how bad it is. And so just kind of saying we're praying, I'm like, it's great, but it's not enough. Yeah. It's, it's not. It's not. It's not what the Lord is calling us. I mean, I think I, I, I'm not trying to say people should not pray. It's the best thing that that um, we can do, but it is not enough. Absolutely. And so to just kind of steer it into like, as opposed to having some deep and heavy or finding more specific important things to be praying for, to then just go, let's make a T-shirt and have a podcast. I'm like, ah, oh, it's just. This is just more of the anima technica, the vacua, trying to like trying to rear its ugly head because it's just it's trying to destroy what grace is trying to do in nature through what it's basically about. Like, what can I do? Um, what can I make? As opposed to what is the Lord calling us to receive? Catechized. Bam. What do you think? Am I full of shit? No, 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 man. I think that this is. Am I right in every way, I'm shape, and form I, possible?
0: I, I think that's the only thing that we can
1: go with. You are right in every way. Thank you. You're Pay welcome. me all the monies to come and talk to you at your parish Why you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Luke carry 83 at gmail.com. <laughs> yep. i just kidding. I'm just, I'm just kidding. So, uh, Luke, good mm. man, Luke, where can people find you? At the Luke, um, at the Luke V, and at my first parish council meeting tomorrow night. Are you serious? I'm dead serious. Ooh. Here we go. Walking in like a Megan Rapone just scored a goal against France and is trying to make Trump angry. <laughs> Liberty pose. I am here. And they'll yeah. be like, "Who are you?" Good point. <laughs> The fat kid with those round glasses from 1993. Oh, who told you? <laughs> I had a perm, a perm. Gormley. You know, but I uh, uh, got off of all social media was to, and I actually was feeling pretty good staying off there. Then had to get in touch with the person about a live show. Had to sign on to Instagram, which meant had to activate, like, had to activate like, Facebook again. Then wanted to talk. Then all the stuff with um, Father Jeff went down. I was like, I got to see what's happening on Twitter about this. And now we're back. Oh, sorry. That's why some people might think that I blocked him. I did not. I just took down my Twitter account. Or, or I blocked you. <laughs> yeah, I have a bunch of people who
0: are like, wait a second. Did Luke block me? If he did, tell him I'm sorry, please.
1: <laughs> He's so moody and needy. I don't want to hurt him.
0: <laughs> yep. So, Luke, concluding comment, how are you feeling
1: about us losing the kid? Oh, f- Ugh. I mean, here's the deal. We both kind of uh, talked about how we felt we were done with, with all this stuff after fate, after Infinity War, right? Yeah. I still feel that way. I, you know, waited weeks to go see Spider Man Far From Home. Aaron hasn't even watched it yet. I did just buy Endgame, but uh... yeah, I haven't bought Endgame yet. I haven't <laughs> watched it in the
0: theater. <laughs> yeah, or I haven't. I
1: mean, yeah, I have not. E- I have not either. Um, it does suck, though, man. It sucks. I don't know how they're gonna wrap that up. I have no idea. Yeah, I think they'll get him back. Who do you blame? Oh, all of them. I mean, Kevin Feige can do. No, I mean, Kevin Feige has he has to do some pretty bad stuff to be a, viewed as a bad person in my eyes now. Yeah, because he I mean he just bought himself a lifetime amount worth of goodwill from every every like movie going idiot in our country for the rest of his life because of. Endgame and the whole thing. Oh, just everything he did. Like yeah. everything, like the whole MCU. I mean, he is on Steven Spielberg kind of gold right now. He'll, he'll have to screw up on one of his movies irrevocably or kill a person to have people not like him anymore. That's the, like, those are the two things. Yeah. So the bottom line is, I think I, 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 as much as I'm mad, mad at, i um, Disney. Pardon me. He's like, Hey, Sony, uh, you're no place to negotiate. Let's be really clear here. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, let's just stop right now. So, give them the fifty-fifty. Yeah, 50 make no, two billion. Yeah.
0: Well, I don't want a two billion. I want four. You will never make one billion. You will. Ne- <laughs> you go away,
1: Sony. It's frustrating, man. Yeah. I just I feel bad for Tom for Tom Holland. Yeah, I mean, that was his,
0: he was legend. He was great. Yeah. You know, it is hard. I do agree with certain people like the new take on Iron Man. I thought they did a great job with it, but I miss the Peter Parker that I know and love. I miss the elderly Aunt May. I miss the Ben. Uh, but I think Marissa oh, Tomei was so good at, she sure I mean, was. <laughs> good Lord, she is gorgeous. So amazing. <laughs> she is. I would totally George Costanza that. Marissa Tomei happens to be into short, stocky, bald men. (laughs) What? (laughs) What? (laughs) That's her thing. Anywho, yeah, so I'm bummed, but whatever. What can you do? We lost the kid. See, I don't care about the Uncle Ben
1: stuff. I'm like, we've had enough of that. I know know we've had
0: enough of that, but that's because that's so central to who he is as a character. But they made that Iron Man. Yeah, right. And I, I don't like that as much. I like Iron Man as an alcoholic. Thank you.
1: Yeah, but, I mean, you're not going to get that right now.
0: Luke, I know. That's why I'm expressing it. <laughs> that's <laughs> why I'm, like, not as sad but still sad. Like, I think the kid killed it. Um, I think they did such a great job with it. But I just think there there are elements that's like, okay, well, what are they going to do next? Because they can't forget what they've done. I guess they have to, right?
1: Here's what I think. Here's probably, like, they have a, a couple of options here. Option one. Is they just go, oh, whatever, and they just never talk about it again. Yeah, and it's like you know, whatever. I actually think that could be the most, the like, um, uh, the most likely to happen. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Option two is, and I'm actually kind of intrigued by this. Uh-huh. I think this would be interesting. They had a line, and this is so spoilers for anyone who hasn't seen Spider-Man: Far From Home, but it's not that that. Big of a deal. They have a line in the trailer where and it's in the film as well, I think, where it's implied that Mysterio comes to our world because of the snap creating a hole in like a parallel yeah. dimension. And he and he, you know, comes over. They've set up parallel universes as well in Doctor Strange, the multiverse, all that stuff. Yeah. So I would be intrigued by seeing Peter Parker sent into like multiverse, where everything is the same. Same people, same friends, same aunt. He's Spider Man, but like the other Avengers aren't there. Cool. And so it's so it's kind of like that's like somehow he gets like some hole pops up, a thing happens, like maybe all of his enemies try to you know get rid of him, of oh, the Sinister Six, and they um, send him into this like multiverse where he's the Peter Parker there, and. He's got it. May and, and like she can even know that he's Spider Man, but the snap never happened. You know, it's all it's just yeah. kind of like, and it's like, and then you just kind of start from you just kind of start from scratch. And then what? We get Miles Morales. No, I don't. No, because they own a Miles Morales. They own all uh, the Spider Man properties, all the all, a, anything. So because how it works is right, they it's the intellectual property. So I think they no they because if you look at the Silver Surfer, he's part of the Fantastic Four, as is, yeah. um, uh, Doctor Doom. So, or option, option the, the third option, which I do kind of think would be awesome, is the Pucci option, where in some like Avengers film, it's like, and then Spider-Man dies on his way home, and they just tell a different story in the Sony Spider-Man universe. Like it's just like What's you know, the and Pucci? then and like Who and is then Pucci died. What? It's uh, it's it's when Homer's the third is the like third character on Itchy and Itchy and <laughs> Scratchy, and they like Homer tries to get like a higher wage or something, and they like um let him go, and it's like, well, how you gonna um write me out? And like and like in the end, they just have like a cardboard thing, and like crayon handwriting. Uh, Pucci was killed going back to his home planet. So that's like the end of it. <laughs> something to say do you yes i certainly do i have to go now my planet needs me wow poochie came from another planet uh, i guess hey that wasn't supposed to happen those things double-crossed me poochie's dead
0: <laughs> poochie Okay, well, um, here's to hoping that I think they should reconcile so that the Marvel Cinematic Universe may blossom uh, fully, fully faithfully and without error. Now, kids, we all know that sometimes when cartoon characters die, they're back again the very next week. That's why I'm presenting this sworn affidavit that Poochie will never, ever, ever return. This document conforms to all applicable laws and statutes.